Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, October 13, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story on page 11. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph, which begins with, But My Friend, and ends with, Had Ever Known. Today's readers are Yvette L., Lisa H., Ginger C., and Katie G. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, October 12, 2020, are 15,526 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 15526. And 15,528 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 15528. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Yvette L. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. My name's Yvette, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, actually, right now, I'm in New Hampshire. Um, the steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Yvette L. I will now ask Lisa H. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, Lisa H. Recovered today in Tennessee. Here are the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Lisa H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are in chapter one, Bill's story on page 11. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph which begins with, but my friend and ends with, had ever known. I will now ask Ginger C to go ahead and read that for us. Great. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you for your service. 
Ginger Sue Recovered Compulsive Overeater. But my friend sat before me and he made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Whoa. Um, So this is just so powerful. And um, thank God for this grace. Thank God for this power that lies down deep within us. And thank God it never gives up on us. Because how often do we give up on ourselves? And um, I was just recently over the weekend hiking with some friends and my husband. And he, he started to share about the reality of my food addiction and the call that he got one day from me where I didn't think I could go on living and I was heading to the garage. And he just got in his Prius and raced down our highway to get home and he had no idea what he was going to find when he returned. And I'm just amazed that we almost have to kill ourselves to be reborn. But that's what addicts do. We don't want to go there. We don't want to feel this pain. We don't want to hurt ourselves or those around us. But we can't stop eating. And when I eat, that sacrifice, that's what comes over me. I just have to, my greatest thought is suicide. And, um... Amazing again what this God can do, but I have to seek and I have to pray and I ask for help. And I have to really mean it, not that desperate prayer of, oh, just please take this pain away and make it end. No, God, really help me and get me through this and get me on the other side. And it's amazing how He came for each and every one of us that are recovered. You did the asking, you asked, and He came. And that's the only reason why I'm here today. That's the only reason. I never thought I could get out of this food nightmare, this horrible place. So thank God for those bites. Thank God for that pain that presses in. And thank God that this grace never gives up. This God loves all of us so much. And thank God, too, that this complete defeat, it's like, are you really done and out of ideas? Are you just effing around? And I didn't surrender. The food surrendered me. It beat me to a place that I hope I pray I never return. It was un. Bearable. It was unbelievable. And I had no idea that food could do this to a person. Food. When I first went to OA, I thought it was the biggest joke. I laughed at it. My girlfriend took me in California, and I was like, what is this all about? 
I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. Food. Right. Like, have fun, you OA people. Until the food became like a bottle of vodka. And then it scared the crap out of me. So thank God, again, complete defeat. You have to be done. You have to be out of ideas. And most importantly, you better be ready and willing to go to any lengths for victory. A price has to be paid. It's a self, it's a self that has to be reduced. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that is my problem. And I must be rid of it or it will kill me. It will kill me, and only God can do it. Self doesn't reduce self, and that's the price you're going to pay, and it's not easy because I don't want to look at me in my BS, but that's what gets me back to God, and that's what it's all about, a conscious contact on a daily basis to hopefully keep me from going back. And it's only an elbow that will bend and pick up. So I'm so grateful And I have this life today, like this last sentence, a life that is better than the best I'd ever known. I'm just going to end with this, but, you know, one of the greatest gifts I have is, first of all, I don't think as much about Ginger, and I try to think more about you, which is unbelievable. I'm always about me and planning parties and having a good time. And one of the greatest gifts is the work that I do today. I work with these Vietnam veterans. That have had so much pain in their lives. And we have a chance to help and have a really sweet, beautiful death because of this work and because of how I show up with God leading the way and orchestrating it all. And I had no idea I'd work with Vietnam veterans. It's just unbelievable. God's got great plans for you, but you can't be eating to get it. You got to put the fork down and you got to connect in and then you are going to be on a ride that you never imagined. And I hope you don't miss it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C, for reading and sharing, getting us started. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on that third paragraph on page 11 in the big book, but my friend through had ever known, please press star one to unmute and state your Karen K. Linda G. from Boston. Tina S. Nancy P. Larry K. If you don't mind, let me stop you there because I know I missed names that were already spoken. So let me tell you who I managed to write down, and I don't even know if these are correct. Karen K., Linda D., Jody F., a whole bunch of names I didn't get, and then Rachel K. So it's Katie G., Nancy P., Janet B., Reva P., this is Larry K., Nancy P., oh my goodness, okay, so um, let me just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't think I should take more than eight names to start, and I know there were more than eight names, but these are who I have, and this is the order they got put. Karen K., Linda D., Jody F., Katie G., Rachel K., Janet, I didn't get your initial, Reva P., I believe it is, and Nancy, and I didn't get your initial. 
So you'll give those to me if I didn't get them when you speak up. Karen K, go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, this is Karen K from Syracuse, New York, recovered but not cured, and my credit my credit zone transfer. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for that powerful share. You know, I look at this paragraph and I see that um, you know he's starting to be sober and he's happy about it. You know, this is all good. You know, it's like I see the steps working, and for me. He said, then he had a fact been raised from the dead, and that's what the steps do for me. I'm blessed to be recovered, and it's important that I give it away to keep it, but I need to remain sane myself and take care of Karen. So every day when I wake up and I pray and I surrender my will and my life over to the care of God that I understand, because God is all over this. God's got his back. God has my back. I need to say, how may I be useful to somebody? And then throughout the day, something may happen that I don't expect. And I ask myself, what step are you on, Karen? Because if my story's not changing, my recovery's not changing, I'm not growing. And I've only been in back into OA about a year and four months or some months, something like that. And the Karen that walked into OA is not the Karen that is here and vision has changed my life and the way I see recovery. So it's really important to ask myself, am I anywhere between four and 12? Am I staying in 10, 11, 12? Am I helping others? What am I doing to be sane? And that's the most important part. I know this is the beginning of his journey, but I really need to surrender to God and say, what am I doing? What step am I on? Is my story changing? Am I growing? Am I staying stuck in the past? With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York. Linda D. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Meriden, Connecticut. First of all, let me say I'm very, very moved by the shares that I've heard this morning. A gentle hug, a kiss, thank you for your courage, especially the first person, but both. Um, somewhere out there, there may be someone who says, I'm not that bad. Wait. Wait. Because that's the nature of addiction in my experience, I'm a food addict. I have almost seven years recovered after many, many years of, you know, in and out and all that stuff. And yesterday, I humbled myself, thank you, God, before my sponsor and told her something that I had done that was self-destructive. It wasn't with food, but that will be coming back. I do not know how to live. And I was working myself, uh, you know, physically working myself into a frenzy over some situations in my life, physical, requiring a lot of physical uh, action, a lot of exercise. And um, mice, gee, and uh, no car and groceries on a bus, crazy stuff. What I'm trying to say is this. Uh, life can gang up on me at any time, and I have a lot of practice with these steps, these miraculous steps, because this paragraph that's in here 
It's one thing to read it in a book. It happened to this person. It's another thing to live it. And I've lived every single inch of this. I know what it is to be raised from the dead. And I do not want to go back there. And the only way that I can do it is to connect to a higher power, to get out of the fear, because this is a spiritual um, sickness where I am a very self-destructive person, and connect to that divine love. A lot of that divine love is in this room, and you hear the voices, and I am so grateful for you. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Linda G. from Connecticut. Jody S. Is it possible that I didn't hear a Jody F? Wrote down the wrong name. It looks that way. So now I'm going to ask for Katie G. Hey, Rebecca, good morning. This is Katie G. Thanks for your beautiful service. We're covered in Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I started off life thinking, um, and I thought for a long time, thinking that life was a process of obtaining things, right? So, like, I needed to get stuff, I needed to be someone, I needed to um, go somewhere. And, um, you know, what's been revealed to me over time is that actually um, I had everything I needed when I was born, and um, what happened is I got blocked, right? I got blocked by the food, and I got blocked by myself. And um, I absolutely was pronounced incurable. Um, I had the head of a um, eating disorder clinic in Boston um, say that you're not going to be able to live without um, antipsychotic um, medications ever. And that's an outside issue, but I, I do not take medications today. I, um, I am a compulsive overeater. I suffer from anorexia and bulimia and binge eating, and I do not suffer from any of those today. Um, I'm not cured, um, but I have a daily reprieve, and I, I have been carried to the best life. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, I, I came into the rooms, and I was, I was fighting. Um, I didn't want to be a part of a group that ha was called Overeater, and for a long time, you'll hear me, I never said I'm a recovered compulsive overeater because um, I, I didn't want to join in. I still wanted to be special and unique, and I uh, thank God. I, I'm open to be teachable and God humbles me and I've taken a seat even deeper, you know. Um, but today, you know, I do I do admit complete defeat and it was so freeing when I finally admitted complete defeat after fighting for so long. And for me what that looks like is I stopped searching. I stopped being on the internet looking for the next man, the next graduate school program, and I, I threw myself into program and just program, just living my life. I, I mean, I had no one. Like it says, you know, society was about to lock him up. I, I should have been locked up. Nobody wanted to interact with me. I had no social skills. I was unkind, and that's a nice way of saying it. I mean, I've made hundreds of amends in my recovery because of who I was, right? And today, uh, for some reason, I've been blessed with a life. But I could tell you all the external things that are profoundly beautiful in my life, but I'll tell you what is significant in my life. It's um, 
I fit into my own skin today. I have access to a power greater than me that um, that loves me and that is shifting my belief system about who I am and who, who I, I get to be in this world. I don't hate myself. I don't wake up and swear and, and hate the life that that I have. Um, it's all it's all good. And it's not perfect. It's not ponies and rainbows. But it is the, the life that God has given me and I want to be here. I want to be a member of OA. And I'll just wrap up with this. Over Ears Anonymous is the spinal cord of my life. It is the backbone of my life. My program, my commitment to God in these 12 steps has to come first. Entire absence in these 12 steps each and every day. Otherwise, I'm going back to the scrap heap, and I'm just, I'm so privileged to sit with all of you today and trudge. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie G. Was there a Jody F. waiting to speak? Did you say Rachel K.? I was unmuted. Uh, I'm muting. Rachel, I was just checking on Jody F. again, but she didn't. Oh, oh. So you you are next. Thank you. Go right to Rachel K. Okay. Thanks. 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 Hi, I'm Rachel K. Compulsive Overeater. And um, yeah, I love, love this reading because talking about, um, excuse me, Evie doing, uh, the God doing for him what he could not do for himself, um, because that has certainly happened in my life. That is what happened um, by the grace of God 20 years ago when I put down the food. Um, but but every day I have to... Uh, you know, I'm recovered, but I have to re-recover because as somebody said before me, I am not cured. And I forget, you know, um, with, especially, you know, not just with the food. I mean, the food is, is, is at this point, you know, yes, I know I, I, I'm completely powerless. I cannot do this. You know, my own will got me nowhere, got me face down in the food. Um, but with my character defects, you know, I'll think, okay, God, I don't need your help, you know, dealing with my mom, um, you know, replying to this text, uh, sending this email um, to my coworker. You know, I got this. I got this. You know, I've been doing this for a while. I got this. And no, 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 no. Uh, when it comes to the food, when it comes to character defects, um, no, God has to do for me what I cannot do for myself. I do the footwork. I work the steps. And then God gives me that power. But on my own, I am absolutely powerless uh, in the face of my selfishness, in the face of my fear, in the face of my dishonesty, just as I was in the face of, you know, a cheesecake. I am completely powerless. God, please help me. Please remove my fear or act in spite of my fear. Um, Please give me restraint of tongue. Um, just like he gave me restraint of fork. Um, although who am I kidding? I never used a fork. I use my fingers. Who has time for a fork? Um, so anyway, um, I just, I love this part of the book because it's like, look, yeah, I've got to admit defeat. I got to say I'm powerless. But then if I stop there, it's like, where do I go? No, I have to develop a relationship with power. And the way I develop that relationship is by working those steps. Uh, And I hope to God I never forget that. Um, But I got to remind myself every day. And the way I remind myself is by listening to you guys. So um, anyway, thanks a lot. uh, And I pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. Janet, you're next. Yeah. Hi, this is Janet B. in New Jersey, recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia. 
Oh, there's so much here. Okay. Um, I picked up on the line, like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. So we see that. And then, then he had been raised from the dead. But Bill also had admitted complete defeat, and he was just sitting there still drinking. So what was the difference, I asked myself. What did Ebby do? Because I admitted complete defeat in OA, and I sat there for six more years binging until I had the same experience Ebby did, raised from the dead. Um, I used to say that if I were to show a picture of myself, it would be of a walking zombie because that's what I was like. And I love that beautiful imagery, raised from the dead. I didn't raise myself, taken from the scrap heap. I didn't take myself, deposited into a life better than the best he had ever known. But what came between admitting defeat and God raising us, God saving us? And admitting defeat is just step one. And all that does is get me willing to walk into the door. But what happened? And Abby kind of tells him, you know, Bill's got all these doubts, like, oh, God's a bad guy. You know, there's a war, there's this. I think the devil's in charge. And his friend just said, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. He didn't argue. He didn't say, well, you know, maybe this, maybe that. And that's what happened to me. I just said, okay, God, maybe. I'm broke. I'm beat maybe you can save me. Maybe you can help me. And you've done it for other people, so you must care about them. And even though I've done these really rotten things in my life, maybe you care about me too. And I'm willing to bank my life on a maybe because I'm bankrupt. And I said, okay, God, you got me. You got all of me. And only then did I have the experience that Abby did? It wasn't because I decided to go on a specific food plan or make a bunch of phone calls or go to a certain amount of meetings. It was when I said, God, you've got me. And I was raised from the dead, taken to a scrap heap. And that is available, I think, to all of us. And it can start with a maybe. If God did it for them, maybe God can do it for me too. And that's when the miracle happened. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet B. from New Jersey. Reva P. I think. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. To me, this is such a great reminder of how I move from step one to step two. And step two is simply acknowledging that there could be a power greater, more powerful than me. Um, and I don't have to understand that power. I don't have to know what it is, where it is. I just have to acknowledge that there's a power greater than me. And in the paragraph right before, he's thinking the devil is more powerful than God. And what makes the change? The change for me came when I was defeated, when I tried on my own human will again and again and again and kept hitting walls and getting worse and worse when I became like at the scrap heap feeling useless and the walking dead like I'm walking in a food fog I was just like the walking dead and then when I see I love that word but you know Bill has all these fantastic logical intellectual arguments of how God can't possibly exist but 
which contrast, it's a contrast word for everything that he just felt, said, thought. But my friend sat right in front of my face. I have evidence with all these people at this meeting and the other meetings I attend, right in front of my eyes, walking evidence of God doing for people, not just in their body size. Their whole energy, their whole being has totally transformed. When I see that, I get to but. Maybe there is a power that can do that. And maybe, as was just shared, that power can do that for me. And how does that happen? Well, I got to move from step two. I got to make a decision in three. And that's what the rest of the steps are for to remove the blocks so I access power and start using power that I still don't have to understand. But I use that power in 11 and then continue with 10, 11, 12. Um, and I just like how he starts with the but and he ends with an exclamation mark. Like this is not just, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be okay with the food. I'll get some relief. This is freedom. Freedom from food, from thinking about it, and a whole new way of life. And it's not just the food. Every problem that I start hitting against a wall, I go back to step one again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to do it on my own. Oh, yeah, there is a power. Let me access that power by doing the work. Um, so I love the reminder. Um, move from step one, where I always love this phrase I was told by somebody, you know, uh, it's not going to work out. I'm doomed. And step two is, nope, maybe not. Maybe there is a way. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. from Toronto. Nancy, and then we'll take more names. Hello? Hi, Nancy. Hi, it's Nancy P. from Recovered from West Newton, Massachusetts. I was unmuting. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, this is amazing. So this guy comes over, first thing is he does no ranting. And that, you know, for me was what I needed. I mean, I can't be, you know, I'm very recalcitrant. And um, if someone had been shouting at me, come on, come on, this is what, is, you know, like, this is not a revival, like in a big, you know, like um, one of those massive services where people, you know, speak in tongues and writhe on the floor. I couldn't have handled that. And, um, you know, I was that. I was doing that already. I was howling with fear and pain and rage um, because my daughter was hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself to a crisp. And I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. Um, I never knew what powerless meant until I was putting bacitration on her own self-inflicted wounds, sobbing as I did it. And I still ate and ate, and I could not eat fast enough to outrun those feelings. I, and I tried hard. But um, finally, you know, finally, I was beaten into a state of reasonableness, not to, not to suddenly say, hallelujah, God is real, um, but to just stop and and make one phone call and you know what first seemed a flimsy read turned into the loving and powerful hand of not god for me but my higher power who has never failed me and you know i'm not very good at praying and i'm you know i'm not very good at anything but 
because I get to decide what my higher power is, we get along fine. And when I, in my mind, you know, that I came in about th- almost three years ago in December and um, things got worse before they got better with, with her, um, with my daughter, but they immediately started to get better with me. And that next summer of 2018, I just cried and cried and cried. And, you know, when I said, said out loud, my way of praying is, I don't like this. I hate this. I'm in pain. And the answer was that, you know, don't worry, I have your back. And today, you know, I, I spent the entire summer on the phone with other compulsive overeaters while I was working the steps. And not one of them let me down. I didn't talk about me and my daughter. I, I talked about just being a compulsive overeater, trying to get better. And everybody that I talked to, they all thought that I was just making outreach calls. But what I was really doing was saving myself. And, um, you know, this program is so gentle. I'll wrap up. This program is so gentle. I did it the way that it worked for me. And it might not have worked for everybody else, but I haven't hurt myself with food since, since the day I walked in. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. from Massachusetts. If you haven't shared on vision on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 11 in the big book, but my friend, particularly if you already tried to get your name in before and I missed it, let me know who you are. Press star one to unmute. Christina S. Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's just stop here because all I got was Christina and I didn't even get the last initial. I did hear Larry and Melissa, so I'm going to put you at the bottom. Melissa and Larry. I heard Barbara E. You'll be after Christina. Who else tried to get in there? Carmela G. Tina S. Katie B. Oh, I think I'm out of room, Tina S. Let me tell you who I got. Christina, Barbara E., Carmela G., Tina S., Melissa C., I think I can't remember, and Larry K. So let's go with you. And, Larry, I'm not even sure we'll get to you. We'll see how it goes. Christina, go right ahead. Good morning. It's Christina J. from the state of Washington this morning and very grateful to be on this wonderful, powerful meeting talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is the power of this higher thing that lives within us, that brings us to sanity, plants our feet on the world, in the world of service. What happens when we come in and we get that pink cloud floating around in that pink cloud? It's been years and years of suffering trying to find an answer, and finally we, we settle into this beautiful glory of the food being down, We're working the steps, and we're working towards that sunlight of the spirit, and we're just high on life and high on it all because the food's down and the craziness of the allergy is down. And then the kind of the pink cloud kind of moves away a little bit, and um, life is there and the struggles. And what what is it that God does for us that we can't do for ourselves? He gives us the grace of his love and his power and the connection 
but what must we do to keep that connection? And you heard it on the line this morning. You hear it every day. Action, action, action. Being of service to others, working those tents, working out those daily frustrations. God can do for us what we can't do for ourselves as long as we take steps towards him this morning. I don't know what it is on this line this morning, but there's a lot of tears and a lot of that deep a feeling of connectedness. This isn't a pink cloud. This is reality. This is reality and extreme, deep gratefulness for that place we come to, like Bill has come to, where he's beginning to realize that there's a way out. And it's it's really simple. It's connecting. And what a beautiful thing. We don't have to go any more diet clinics and stand there. I mean, I used to stand there horrified with these little thin young girls. Oh, well, if you swallow this, you'll, you're going to get thin and, and you'll be happy. And I was just standing there, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight, horrified that I had to be in front of this person. Uh, I don't have to do that. It's not an outside job. It's an inside job. And whoa, whoa, what a beautiful connection when you can connect to that heart space. And you know what? Being of service just brings such joy. And, you know, if I don't stay in this and do this daily, that irritable, restless, and discontent sneaks back in. Try it. Try it for a few days, not connecting to that thing that you find in this program that is your personal connection to something much bigger than yourself. And (laughs) you'll be kind of just, you know, moving around restless and what's wrong and I don't understand it and, you know, pick up the phone. That's what happened to me. My last relapse was I made the effort to reach towards God with a tool, with a step, and I picked up the phone. And from that point forward, I realized the actual miracle of action in this program. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Barbara E. Good morning. May I be heard right now? Yes, good morning. Oh, good. It it mutes and unmutes me quicker than a bunny rabbit. Well, I'm going into surgery tomorrow, and I felt compelled to share with you today because I've had so many doctors and protocols, and I felt calm and protected and serene through all of them. And as I speak to you, I speak to you from the inner ear of my heart, You, my fellows, in this work that we do together, and my sponsor, and this higher power that I never believed in, really, I do feel protected. I feel calm. I know OA has saved my life by leading me to a God that I didn't believe in, and it's turned the me upside down into we. And together, I know we can never, ever fail. And I have to just say that the reason, um, pardon me, I have to say the reason I'm upset, I'm really emotional, is not always someone else's fault. My sponsor told me this book holds the key to my freedom and asked to get started. And she said that, Barb, you're the problem. But God loves you just as you are, but too much to let you stay that way. And together we can get to the solution and a God of my own creation. And I found that God, a person who knew nothing about God. And she said, when you're judging others, Barbara, you're really judging yourself. So she had me put a post-it on my mirror. She said, if you're feeling irritable, lonely, broken, It's you, Barbara. You're the problem. 
think about what it is, make a call to someone else, ask them how they're doing, wish them a good day, become less absorbed with yourself, Barbara, and bless the victim, to reach out to others for advice, to admit when I was wrong, to say I'm sorry and be humble, to stop intellectualizing and analyzing and seriously follow the instructions of the book. And if you're struggling or new, I promise you it's been over two decades now. I do not run for the food when I'm feeling irritated, lonely. And I always say to myself every morning, heart open, please enter. How can I best serve thee? And just like the Olympics, where they have a morning, an opening ritual and a closing ritual, I have an opening and a closing ritual every single day. And I get down on my knees, and that ain't easy. And I say, God, how can I best serve you? Thank you so many for so much for being my peeps. I will take you with me as I go in tomorrow, calm, serene, and knowing that I am protected by this wonderful, beautiful God. And I'll eat abstinently through the whole thing because I came in for a diet and I found so much more. I found you and God and this beautiful program. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Carmela G. Thank you, Rebecca, for hearing me. But there was someone that was trying to get on long before I did, and that was Larry Kay. So I would defer to him, please. Want to just share shortly, and maybe we'll have time for everyone if they cut maybe a little bit off their share. Nope, that's okay. I'll let Larry go now. Okay, Carmela, if there's time, I'll call on you and Larry's slot at the end. Larry Kay, go right ahead. Wow, Carmela, thank, <laughs> thanks so much. Um, thank you, Carmela. Appreciate that. You know, I was thinking as I'm hearing all the shares, you know, what, what if there is a God, you know? What, what, if, what if by working the 12 steps, you know, I, I allow them to coalesce and kind of marinate, if you will, you know, we receive this, this gift of grace, you know? What, what, if, what if there is a higher power? Because I mean, we, you know, I don't know. I didn't know, I, and I, and I still, it's a great mystery to me. But I do know this: that as we complete this process, these steps, you know, these these actions that we, you know, that we engage in, the higher power, what it what it did, um, it it gave me a rebirth, if you will, of faith. You know, what, what if through these steps you're given this mystery of faith, and and it and it reveals itself. You know, when you put the food down, when you embark on this practical form of action, it's just very incremental. It's very subtle. And what if you're what if you're given this unearned gift? Because I I, I got to tell you, for me, I I didn't um, I didn't expect this faith in this higher power to descend upon me. You know, I didn't ex- I did not expect that to happen. I, I didn't anticipate that. I mean, I saw it in you words study these words we read these words 
you know, we learn a lot. We talk. Boy, am I good at that. I know. I know. I'm, you know, I talk, 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 right? But what about the application part of it here? What, what if God needed for me to apply, to trust in this process and to apply these things? You know, Bill, he did not, God didn't put the alcohol down for Bill. Ebby didn't put the alcohol down for Bill. That was his first admission of, of, of his powerlessness was that action in putting the alcohol down. Same with us with the food, right? You know, it's so hard because it's so physically uncomfortable and it's emotionally uncomfortable. And maybe perhaps for some it's spiritually uncomfortable, but it's just damn uncomfortable. But God never put it down for me. He didn't put the cheesecake down and the pizza and the snicker bars and the this and that and the other. He didn't put it down for me. I had to put it down first as, and then his mercy began, began to slowly creep in, you know. And then my, my faith began to grow a little bit. It was tenuous at first, but it began to grow. Uh, I'm so grateful for all these shares. You know, this thing, this thing, this recovery thing, it descended upon me. You know, it descended upon me slowly. And then, you know, and then, and then um, just, just wrapping up here, what if it were possible? I have to ask these questions. What if it were possible? What if God would, would give me this grace as I take these actions? I think that's what happened to me. I think, I'm not sure, but I think that's what's happened. With that, I pass. Thanks, Carmela. Appreciate it. Pass. Thanks, Larry K. Tina S., your turn. Thanks so much, uh, Rebecca. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a beautiful meeting. You know, I was just so, so touched by all the shares today and, and so excited about everybody, everybody wanting to talk today, you know, everybody wanting to get on this paragraph, you know, for the point blank, blank declaration that God had done for him, but he could not do for myself, himself, which I'm talking about me for myself, you know, and I get emotional when I think about that because for so long, I had tried so many different things to get abstinent, you know, I, and, you know, and this is my story, you know, I came in the rooms, you know, through my intention was to, to um, treat my uh, eating disorder. And when I went, you know, for some help, you know, they gave me all these invitations to all these different 12 step programs, which, you know, I, I eventually became a member of them all, you know, and, and what happens today through God's grace, and it was just said, you know, it wasn't anything that I really did, except for I quit picking up the food, you know, and but God had done for me what I could not do for myself. And in my case, you know, for, for such the ego that I have and all that I thought about my intellect, I had to get to a place, you know, I initially came in as a compulsive overeater and never experienced anything on the other side of that other than the, the binge and starve. But, you know, I had never really been underweight. And, you know, after I came into Overs and Honest, and then, then that became my experience where I got down to a weight where I couldn't think any longer. And that is God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Because if I could not think on my own, all I could do was follow the directions that people put in front of me. You know, they told me, you know, uh, eat three, actually at the time I'd eat five meals a day, eat five meals a day, stay away from this, stay away from that. And I just followed direction because I didn't have a better thought in my head because I could not think. I could not put a sentence together. So I just did what they told me to do. And I had, was 
by friends in, in network had was in a place where I, I didn't have to work any longer for, for that period of time. I, I was given a sabbatical, you know, all this stuff that God did for me so that I could take care of myself. And through that process, you know, I love that it talks about, you know, the human aid failed me for sure. And, and then at the end where it says suddenly taken from the scrap heap. And that's where I was wanting to die to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And let me tell you, if you hang around long enough, it just keeps getting better. You know, and, and the good news about that is I keep getting better. Therefore, you know, and, and I, I just, and I'll close with this because I heard it through everybody that shared. You know, I, I no longer think so much about myself today. I'm in a place in a position where God enables me to think of you more than me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina F. Melissa C. Hi, good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much. It's Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, <laughs> there's so much emotion um, in this paragraph, and like, no wonder why everybody wanted to jump in here. Um, you know, because this is what we're all doing right now. Like, we're 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 doing whatever you did, right? Saying like, God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves, and that's my experience. You know, I was absolutely incapable of removing the food from my life. You know, I did not have the power to do this. And my human will had failed, you know. And, um, you know, my experience was my doctor told me, you know, he pronounced me incurable. They said um, that I probably wasn't going to make it through my 40s, right, that um, that I wasn't going to live to see my, you know, to see 50. And that was devastating news. Um, and, um, you know, society, like, it didn't lock me up, but this merciless obsession had actually locked me up. Like, I was a prisoner walking around appearing like a free person, and that is extremely painful, you know, looking like you're supposed to be free and yet owned by food, <laughs> right, of all things. So, you know, like at first, like if you've got a food addiction, you might think, like I did, that the language here is melodramatic or not applicable to compulsive eaters. But if I'm able to get brutally honest with myself, it's not hard to see that this was the truth of my life. And, you know, so like I was locked up in my bedroom, right, you know, um, with my family downstairs or I locked myself in the bathroom at beautiful family gatherings. You know, for all purposes, I was free, but I wasn't free. And, you know, I was half dead in my life, like barely functioning, unable to be like who I was supposed to be. And, you know, what happened? You know, yeah, I admitted complete defeat. Um, And like it was said, that wasn't enough. Like I needed rescuing. I needed something to come in. Um, and, and what I had to do was I had to begin taking action after action without negotiation. You know, I had to make room for God. I had to make room for something I didn't believe. Um, that's a leap of faith, to not really believe but to still make room for it. And, um, you know, we're told that in step one that only an act of providence can relieve us from the merciless obsession so Ebby didn't start out telling him what actions he took. 
you know, he didn't tell Bill exactly what he needed to do. Rather, he said, this is what happened to me. This is what God has done for me. And I know I'm out of time, but really quick, like it just gives me such hope that if God could take the mess of my life and hopefully make it into a masterpiece, like the miracles are available for those around me that might be suffering. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Carmela G., you're right. We did not have time for you because we're at the end of our sharing time now. So thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, October 13th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 15,534. That's 15534. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hi, Rebecca. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.